We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's happening Monday? It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk, and uh, it is Jesse Styers and Sean Styers. We're here for you. I mean, is anyone tired of talking about Notre Dame Navy just yet? We we haven't had our crack at it, but uh, you know, there have <laughs> been plenty of cracks over the weekend. I know that uh, you know we wanted to get started on time tonight because our old friend Salty Virginia Peanuts. I mean, he wanted to talk about the great one, Jaden Greathouse. So here we are, and we will be talking about him and and a lot of other things coming out of Saturday's season opening win. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, I mean, I'm fired up. I haven't had the opportunity to to give any insights or uh, thoughts about the game, but I mean, Notre Dame just came out and you know dominated Navy, and I think there's obviously a lot to talk about, and it's a lot of good stuff and not a lot of bad stuff. So it makes it makes today. Uh, kind of easy and fun, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we've got plenty of Marcus Freeman comments from his press conference today. Talked about a lot of different things. Sam Hartman, Jaden Greathouse, Jared Parker, on and on and on. Maris Leofel, a lot of different things. And um, so you've, we're, we're going to try to get as much as we can in today's show. There is just so, so much to talk about. Start with the unfortunate news. Gabe Rubio is going to be out a couple of weeks. He had a uh, minor knee injury in the Navy game Saturday. So, unfortunately, no Gabe Rubio. So, uh, that that kind of dings Notre Dame's defensive line depth just a little bit. But it was uh, it was a pretty impressive performance. You know, if you want to just start there real quick and touch on the defensive line. I thought they did a great job pretty much the entire night against Navy. Yeah, so I, I will say, you know, defensively, when you give up 125 rushing yards um, to a triple option team where 90% of their offense, I, you know, you might even say 95% of their offense is running the ball. I mean, that's that's a beyond excellent um, day. And really outside of like the first couple of series, um, 
maybe I would even say the first series, you know, series. And, and maybe if you want to get plural, uh, the second series too, you know, I think ultimately what happened was, and I was surprised myself, Navy kind of came out in some stuff that really I, I, I hadn't seen before. And I'm not saying, you no, know, I watched a ton of Kennesaw state and, and Navy film to be some, you know, saviant and, and the triple option that they want to run, but it, it was still out of the ordinary. Right. And so, for a defense that hadn't practiced against that look uh, to make those adjustments and then to really just shut them down the entire game and, and play super disciplined football. I just think you got to give credit to Al Golden and you got to give credit to the linebacker cores because they're the ones who are ultimately setting the defense and kind of, you know, making sure everyone's assignment sound. And that was something that Navy only had three run plays all night that went for more than 10 yards. And Two of them were back-to-back plays on the very first drive of the game. Play two, the 14-yard run by Fafana, and then an 11-yard run right after that. After that, took to their third possession till they got another double-digit run. And what Maris Leofau said after the game to what you're talking about right there was Navy lined in, lined up in some stuff that Notre Dame had not seen on film in those, those early drives. And they... So I think that there was a little bit of gap confusion. Well, just just speaking on, you know, it's hard enough when a team comes out in in base formations and kind of shows you some stuff you haven't seen before, maybe some schemes or, you know, maybe they're pulling guys a little bit differently than what you're expecting. But when you're talking about a triple option offense coming out uh, in in a formation you haven't seen before, I mean, there's technically three things that you're not prepared for, right? Because there's three options to run the ball um, in every play. So, I, like that's just really difficult for a defense one to get adjusted enough to get off the field, right? Like they just needed to get off the field so they could go to their coach and kind of draw up, you know, what's going on and how they're going to fix it. And so I was really impressed by that, you know, just the fact of, Hey, we haven't seen this before, but they were smart enough to figure out, you know, how to get off the field. And then they made some slight adjustments and then those big gash of plays just stopped happening. USMA saying what we were all thinking. Savant, not Saviant. <laughs> you know, English isn't my first thing. No, no, it's not. It's it's a math brain is what it is. But uh, we got the point. Yeah, and I mean, you know, for the for the Al Golden can't game plan crowd, it was a little bit tough to see them. Well, make that, that and, and the linebackers can't tackle crowd. Also, I think yeah. ate ate a little bit. Uh, on Saturday as well yeah it was a good day it was a really good day for the defense I mean it was a really good day on both sides of the ball but when you're able to shut down that that option attack it was a huge day so did Saturday sway you one way or another on what you think this season is going to be like for Notre Dame we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. No, it really didn't, to be honest with you. I thought Notre Dame would come out and execute a lot of things um, that they were able to accomplish on Saturday. I didn't expect the defense to be as dominant as they were, so that sways me in a more positive direction. I, 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 told, thought... you, I told you the defense was going to be good, though. <laughs> I didn't know it would be that good against well, that's that. What, I but... thought the defense was going to be a lot better this year, but I thought I still thought, you know, it's a triple option team. Like, you're, you're still going to give up some rushing yards here and there, mm-hmm. but to only give up 125, you know, net yards on the day, that's, that's pretty – pretty impressive and that that gets me that hopes that my bold prediction of a, a hundred rushing yards per average on the season will be held true if you can hold the triple option team to 125 yards you know imagine what you can do the rest of the regular season so I feel pretty good um about that and you know honestly the offense accomplished what I what it was going to I just wasn't sure how that was going to look I knew the end result was probably going to be close to what happened I just didn't know how they were going to get from point a to point B, you know, what that would look like, who was going to be catching touchdowns, who was going to be running the ball, what the run running, you know, the running back breakdown would look like, who who would get carries. I mean, we saw four running backs get carries, uh, maybe even five on Saturday. Right. So it, it, every, it seemed like everyone on the running back depth chart got involved. It seemed like everyone in the wide receiver depth chart got involved. Um, and I, I will say that Sam Hartman, I wasn't really surprised, but he, he, I think he, he gave me another level that I wasn't sure if he was going to get to. And I know it's the first game of the year and it's Navy, um, but he showed he can get to that level. And I feel very confident in that level. I get what you're saying. And there was a lot of over the weekend. Well, it's Navy, that kind of stuff. You know, you, you may have seen, I got trolled by a, by a Bucknuts fan, you know, out there on Twitter this weekend. And those guys <laughs> are fun. He, he shut up for at least a little while when I said, I do seem to remember a few years back, and it's been, uh, what, nine years, 2014, when Ohio State played Navy early in the season. I can't remember if it was the season opener or like the second week. It was one of the first couple of games. Ohio State had to score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to end up beating Navy. Navy was giving them all they wanted all game long. Ohio State hasn't played them since then. These Power 5 programs don't want to play. 
the triple option attack. They don't want to have to deal with this. Notre Dame plays them year in and year out. So you can say, well, it's Navy and all this. But look, look at what Navy did last year, the scare they put into Navy and kind of, or into Notre Dame and how that made some people kind of look at this game like, oh, man. You know, and there was there was a lot more concern, I think, because of how the second half went last year. And let's face it. Navy has jumped up and beat Notre Dame a few times. They put and they put other scares into Notre Dame a lot of times. So it just just what we've talked about. This is not an easy opponent to play. The fact that you have to prepare for a one-off offense, triple option that hardly anyone runs anymore, and it's still the season opener as well. And we on count on IB countdown, we went through you know, all this off-season change. With between the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, the special teams coach, all this different stuff. There were a lot of new variables for Notre Dame out there, but you would not have known it by watching them play Saturday because it all came together. It's like for a first game, Notre Dame could have had a lot more hiccups along the way for right. a first game than what it they It looks like a well-oiled machine out there. Right. This right. didn't look like game one for Notre Dame. This looks like, I think you just brought up a good point. It looked almost like game three or four, like they were already kind of in the swing of some things. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think that is another important takeaway. It, it wasn't, you didn't see a lot of like learning moments or, and, and another thing too, penalties, there were not mental mistakes yeah. on Saturday. Really good know? point. They're a team that was very well disciplined, no false starts, nothing to set you back on drives, no holding calls. You know what I mean? I'm sure there was a, a – I can't remember every single penalty, but, you know, for the majority of the time, like I said, there, there just wasn't those undisciplined, lack of focused uh, penalties to kind of, you know, knock people – knock them off track as, as they were continuing to go along these drives. Let's talk a little bit of Sam Hartman. Hartman. And before we specifically talk about Sam Hartman, let's hear what Marcus Freeman had to say about Hartman today when he was asked to kind of uh... – diagnose his game a little bit it was uh the one third down that we ended up kicking the field goal um you know we probably didn't make the read or put the ball in the placement exactly where he wanted it to go um the play before that he thought he was getting an all-out pressure made a check um and ended up not being all-out pressure you know and, and there's different tells maybe that we could show him that hey um make sure that uh you know you hopefully make the correct call there but I mean I'm, I'm being really picky you know ball security is something I've always talked to him about you know and he likes to scramble back around there with that one hand on the ball and, and we're trying to break that habit so guys I'm, I'm, I'm being picky he played it really extremely well and um, he's a very focused and mature individual that um, will continuously work at everything but there's always many opportunities um, in every single game we play. Great debut, I'll tell you that much. 19 of 23, 251 yards, four touchdowns, no sacks. And again, compare it to what we saw from Navy last year. Drew Pine sacked five times in that game. It was a lot. I mean, from, <laughs> well, there's... from the experience they had at quarterback last year to the experience they had this year, just a night and day difference. Yeah, and I think that is, you know, overall the, the biggest thing or the most important thing that I saw um, on Saturday is, you know, an elite quarterback can take you a long way in college football. 
And that was the difference from last year's Navy game to this year's Navy game. You know, they started throwing pressures and kind of confusing looks on Drew Pine. That doesn't face Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman easily got into checks, you know, when he, when he knew pressure was coming, he was able to calmly check down to his running back, you know, whatever it might be the difference from last year to this year. And the reason why last year's game ended up being so close and why this game was a blowout is because Notre Dame continued the blowout this year because they had a veteran quarterback who could navigate the seas under calm pressure. Nothing faced him on Saturday. It looked like he was just going through just another day, right? It's, and that's the thing is he's seen all this before. He knows how to react, and, and he does it so calmly. There's no duress, I, I think, in his game either. That's exactly it. Everything looked like watching him. It looked like things were just in slow motion for him. Even when he was under pressure, he knew how to sidestep. He knew how to move up in the pocket, Get out, like the, the second touchdown pass to Jaden Greathouse. But the first touchdown pass to Greathouse, we'll talk about Greathouse specifically in a second, but let's talk about the pass because, you know, Greathouse has great position, but watching the replay of that a couple of times, it's a, it's just a little post, and Hartman puts it right where it needs to be, right in his midsection, in stride. He hits Greathouse with that throw. How many quarter? How many Notre Dame quarterbacks have we seen in the last what 15, 16, however many years who, who can drop a dime like that, like Sam Hartman did? Not a lot of people. And again, another big takeaway I had from the game was, you know, I I thought Notre Dame would get its scoring. I thought Sam Hartman would get its passing touchdowns. I just didn't know who the ball was going to. But I think that's going to be the great thing about this offense this year. It doesn't matter if you're a true freshman. It doesn't matter if you're a fifth-year senior or, you know, a second-year sophomore. Sam Hartman's going to throw the ball to whoever's open, and he's going to put it there and allow his players to go. And I think that's that's ultimately what he's he's been great at. I agree. But we'll – I want to get more into that when we talk about the receivers here in a minute. Marcus Freeman was also talked about that slow mesh offense, of course, that he came from and how much of an adjustment that was for Hartman after getting to Notre Dame. I think it was. It was throughout the spring you saw that. There was uh, his footwork, right? And and you saw at times in practice that he would go back, revert back to some maybe some – some of his previous footwork that he did at Wake Forest. And so that is uh, uh, something that took a lot of work to kind of really change his footwork in terms of getting into it, how Coach Park and Coach Adulian wanted here. It's it's almost like, I, I don't know if it's like, you know, a different language, but like he said, it's the footwork is a lot different when you're coming from that funky offense he was in at Wake Forest to, to something more traditional at at Notre Dame, what what do you think about that adjustment that he's had to make coming out of that? Yeah, it, to me, it, it seems like, you know, a lot of times when you, and I think I can best relate this to kind of, you know, maybe some baseball stuff is like as a hitter, when you're kind of changing your swing or tinkering your swing, you're trying to get out of bad habits that have kind of developed. and Your muscle memory, basically. Yeah, your muscle memory, because you know, you've done so many reps and so many, so many, you know, game, whether it's practice reps or, or game reps, um, reps of, of doing something that you think is right. And then ultimately, you, you know, it's kind of pointed out by someone else that it's not, or maybe you're transitioning again because you're trying to tinker or clean some things up. Like that stuff's hard because you're going to go through multiple, you know, failed repetitions where even though you know what you're supposed to be doing, your body is stuck in that mem- that muscle memory right? And, and, it, and it performs a bad rep. And so for him, to be able to to get enough reps in, 
and to tell him, you know, his, mentally to tell him to kind of get past, you know, what what his body ultimately wanted to do. I think that's a great sign and, and a really good sign of a leader. Right. And, and someone who wants to be better for their team. And I think that's ultimately what this has come down to is he had to get rid of bad tendencies in order to be a better quarterback. And usually when we've talked about quarterbacks and muscle memory and stuff like that, we've talked about guys like Brandon Winbush or Phil Jerkovic, you know, stuff with the throwing motion and stuff like that, that they've got to clean that up. And it's, it's, it's a lot like Sam Hartman has no problems with the throwing motion and the delivery. And it's not that he had problems with the footwork, but it just like Marcus Freeman said there, it took some work in the spring to kind of, get that out of him and, and just work on a, just a different way of doing things. Not necessarily, not, not that necessarily what he was doing before was bad. It's just a different system. So it required him to make different movements that he's, that he doesn't have to make now that he's here at Notre Dame in, in this system. So he kind of worked through it, but that's part of, that's part of the whole thing about why he's at Notre Dame and, and just, the whole thing. Yeah, he wanted to know? break some of those tendencies yeah. to be better, you know, for what's next for him at the end of the day. So let's just let's talk about the guys he was throwing to, starting with Jaden Greathouse. I said this about both, uh, you know, Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores both come from really, really good high school programs where they're almost coached in a way that is very similar to college. Um, you know, both. I remember leaving both places saying. The transition from those those guys from high school to college won't be as big um, as some other guys that didn't come from those type of programs. So that that's a huge part of it, you know. You shoot, I mean, some of the high school football in Texas is, I mean, there's no those stadiums, are, you know, they're used to that. But I think it's the structure of, of of what they're asked to do with those programs in terms of the concepts, in terms of um, practice schedules, all those things really have an impact as you transition to college. They came in ready. I mean, they hit the ground running in the spring, and they've shown it already. Great house had the bigger day, obviously, than Rico Flores. But Rico got his first catch at the end of the game as well, as Steve Angeli finally got to attempt a pass, and he is one for one, Mr. Perfect Steve Angeli right now. But, um, you know, again, because of the lack of, of what we have seen from freshman wide receivers here. Traditionally, we didn't necessarily know how much to expect from Jaden Greathouse. We knew that he would be out there. We saw him make a couple of plays and it goes back to what Marcus Freeman was talking about there coming out of high school, being in good, pro what it, he, he, uh, you know, he played in a big program at Austin Westlake, high school and you can tell that he played at a big program by sort of how refined he was coming out of high school with some of the stuff he was able to do right away yeah no, I, I think what was most impressive about what Jaden Greathouse did is he took advent full advantage of an opportunity and the opportunity was you know Notre Dame has an elite quarterback who is going to put the ball on you it's just a matter of who's going to step up and catch the ball. And, you know, I, I don't want to come on here and say ill will things, but when Tobias Merriweather drops his first pass, that's not stepping up, you know, that's, that's the ball being there and him not stepping up. And I know it was just a screenplay and it, it might've been a little bit broken or whatever it might be, but you still got to catch the ball. Right. And so Jaden Greathouse coming in 
just shows, again, his preparation and his maturity um, as someone who is a true freshman, right? So he just, he really stepped up and took advantage of the situation because, again, I, I think that Notre Dame has the talent in the wide receiver room. It's just a matter of who's going to step up on a, on a game-to-game basis and kind of be that guy. And that's who Jaden Greathouse was in game one. He stepped up. Three of his catches went for 20 or, you know, two touchdowns. Um, and and they, he ended up being the difference maker, um, you know, inside of that wide receiver room at the end of the day. Well, and the thing with Tobias, he had the other opportunity in the end zone. Was it a little bit underthrown by Sam Hartman? Yeah. It was initially called pass interference. I don't know how it, it didn't remain pass interference because the Navy defensive back was had already made contact. Oh, yeah, Tobias I remember that. Merriweather he, he jumped on him, him, and then the ball hit him. Tobias Merriweather never jumped the ball, or you touched the ball, you know. So there, there was another opportunity there. I do think it should have been pass interference, as it was called. I'm not overly concerned about the fact that Tobias Tobias did have the opportunity, like you just talked about. If he makes that catch, maybe that leads to more. Maybe it gets him in a little bit of a rhythm. I don't know, but at the same time, the ball was spread around to plenty of other guys. It was six wide receivers, I believe it was, that ended up making catches. And obviously, Estime had a catch as well. But um, six receivers from Sam Hartman because Flores got a catch as well. But that was from Angeli. But just like what you were saying, I don't think you want to have to lock in on one guy week in and week out. I still think Tobias Merriweather is going to get his over the course of the season, they're not all going to go to necessarily the same guys all the time. When you've got receivers like that who are all big and fast and can go up and get goals, get balls and win one-on-one battles, and you've got an accurate quarterback, kind of going back to what I was talking about with how Hartman placed that ball to Greathouse, when you've got a quarterback with that kind of accuracy, they're going to be able to win it. some battles. Yeah, a lot of battles. And I, I think this goes back to a bigger overarching point is I just think that they have uh, the wide receiver room and it's going to be dependent, you know, on the matchup in the week. I just think that some weeks, you know, some guys might have better matchups compared to others. Um, and there's going to be for that reason, there's just going to be a variation, I think, of who's going to be kind of your leading wide receiver game by game. Like did Greathouse have a great game? Sure, but he's let's just be realistic. He's not going to catch two touchdowns every game, you know. Like it's it's just it, that 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 is going to be distributed amongst other people, you know, throughout the season. I think you know I think some games, Chris Tyree might be the X factor and a guy who sneaks in two touchdowns, or maybe Tobias Merriweather because of his you know height advantage and downfield ball is what they're trying to take advantage of. It's just it's just going to vary game by game. But I think that's going to be the fun yeah. part of this offense is you never know who's going to give it to you that day. And that's the thing, like. Chris Tyree didn't end up with a ton of snaps. I think it's just because the way the matchup ended up going that it didn't maybe warrant him getting as many snaps, especially when you have a guy like, like great how again with that size, because you know, most slot guys are, are in the stature of Chris Tyree, not Jaden great house, but you know, so that's, that's part of how like Jaden Thomas was able to give them so much production out of the slot last year and how great house can this year, but I will be curious to see kind of how it keeps mixing and matching as the season goes along. I just think all these guys are going to have opportunities because you're not going to have, unlike last year, you're not going to have a quarterback who locks in on one or two guys. And that's all he wants to do when the stuff hits the fan and the pressure's coming in 
his face. He's going to continue to find the open guy because he's got so much freaking experience that he can continue to go through, through the progressions. And you're just going to see guys want it. And that's when, when you look at the way Tom Brady and the new England Patriots had success year in and year out every week was just a different circumstance for the new England Patriots offense. You never had one receiver who, you know, with the exception of Randy Moss, with the season that he had, that was kind of a one-off when you end up with a guy like Randy Moss. But you never had one guy who was just the guy. It was always one week it would be one guy, one week it would be another guy. It was well, just that's different just, all the time. And that's 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 the brilliance of, I think, uh, of the comparison is, you know, Tom Brady never got caught up in who his wide receivers' names were. He just knew where the play was supposed to go and he put the ball exactly where it was supposed to be. And if that was, you know, taking the five yard check down or, or the 15 yard, you know, post play, Tom Brady was always going to put the ball for, you know, the the best scenario for his team. And he was going to put the ball where only his wide receiver could catch it. And I see a lot of that in Sam Hartman. It doesn't matter who the wide receiver is. He's just going to execute the play and put the ball where it needs to be. And he's going to give his, his wide receivers utmost confidence and trust that they're just going to go out there and catch the ball. And as USMA 87 says, no happy feet either, like some of these guys we've seen in recent years. But I think that, again, I think that that that's a big part of experience. It, it comes with the experience that he has, the fact that he's not going to have those happy feet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How about Jared Parker, his first game as offensive coordinator? Let's let you hear what Marcus Freeman had to say about uh, his uh, his former solely tight ends coach, offensive coordinator, Jared Parker, in his debut. I told him, shoot, every game do that. You know what I mean? It's pretty simple. Like, the way you call it that game, and every game should be like that. But I don't want to not do him justice, but I would say as, as I'm the coordinator, right, so I'm the defensive coordinator. Go back to my defense coordinator days. You know, play calling at times can be overrated. I mean, you call such a great game. They executed, man. The, 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 the operation was amazing. That's what I really thought was good was the ability for Jared to, to, to collect his thoughts and get them to the signals and get them in and say, ho, 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 hey, this is the look. I want to change the call. Like, those are the things that I was really impressed by. And then between series, the communication in terms of the different looks that we're seeing versus their defense, right? And the ability to say, okay, hey, Sam, here's the looks, O-line, here's the looks. Like, that to me is what's impressive. Like, I mean, guys, you all can have a call sheet. 
Coach John, okay, let's call this play. Like, the preparation, the execution, and the adjustments to me is really what makes a coordinator um, successful. And that's what to me impressed more than anything about Jerry. And just all the things that he talked about there and the fact that there was no scan offense. You didn't see all this time standing at the line of scrimmage, waiting for the play to get called, waiting for the perfect call to get called. They let their players go out there and make plays. They didn't have to burn needless timeouts because there was some issue with communication like Marcus Freeman was talking about. Again, like when you consider that this is a, now he had been an offensive coordinator before, but it's his first time doing it here, communicating, calling plays, doing all these different things with his staff. I mean, it was like as good a debut, I think, as you could possibly ask for. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Jared Parker deserves a ton. Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a ton of credit for basically three major topics that, that Marcus Freeman kind of touched on in that response, the operation, the execution, and the adjustments. And I think the biggest one is, you know, obviously the execution, right? Because they, they, he called the right plays. Um, they scored a lot of points. And it, it looked at times like they ultimately really couldn't be stopped unless they stopped themselves. But I would say the biggest thing is was the adjustments. Like, you know, Navy came out and showed some looks that were very similar to last year. Uh, Jared Parker said, oh, I've seen that one before. I know how to, you know, counter this. And in an important, you know, third and long on one of the first series of the game, he goes with the uh, with the running back draw right up the middle because the middle of the field is open. No one's in the box. Let's not overcomplicate things. Let's take our very fast exactly. and physical downhill, downhill runner and allow him just to run through there. And I'm sure he'll get you know, 10 yards. And sure enough, they run the draw play, they pick up a first down and they end up going down the field and scoring. And, and I think that was kind of the epitome of Jared Parker's days. He didn't overthink things. He put his team in obvious situations that would, that, that led to success. Um, and yeah, there's, again, there's just nothing that was overcomplicated. He just saw what was in front of him and said, all right, let's execute, let's make our adjustments. And that's what they did. We were talking about that before we started the show, you and I were talking about that, uh, the blitz beater, the pass to Audric Estime, where he ends up gaining 22 yards. You, on the whiteboard last Thursday, you diagrammed where they, they stacked those three defenders outside the tackle. That's exactly what they showed in that situation. And all Jared Parker and Sam Hartman had to do was just slip Audric Estime across the backfield, and it was just easy money. It was right there. Do, uh, do you remember last week with the pressure you, coming at him? You asked me, "Do I think that? Do I think that that pressure or that that alignment is of concern?" And I said, "No, because I think Sam Hartman's smart enough to make an adjustment to quickly kind of beat that blitz." I mean, that's exactly what happened. You know, it, it's just not overcomplicating things. It's having veteran experience in those moments, staying calm. And just executing, you know, a, a simple audible where all you got to do is check it down to your running back because they're bringing six guys off the edge and there's no one in the flat. It's, it really wasn't, you know, overly hard. But last year you would think it was rocket science almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sean Stewart asks, weird, isn't it? No tight end catches. I mean, again, you don't have Michael Mayer out there and you've got good tight ends on the field. I just don't think that, I, I, I don't. Th 
I'm not saying not they're not going to be part of the juice. offense. It's just not going to be as big a part of the offense when you've got all these other weapons out there. I mean, look at the look at the soft hands that Audrick Estime showed on that other catch that he made. And between that and these receivers and the fact that every running back on the roster, even beyond Estime, can catch the ball as well, I just don't think it's going to be as as big a part of the offense. Maybe, maybe as the season goes on and you try to go yeah. you'll a, see more bootleg off of run plays to tight ends, I think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As you as you kind of go against type, I, I think that that could happen. Tom with an interesting question. Jesse, does Freeman and Parker save some RPO wrinkles for NC State and Ohio State? Yeah, I you know, I, it's the first game of the year. I don't think you're going to fully kind of come out because you want to here's here's how wrinkles work. You show a base on offense or, or, or you show a base on film for a, a good amount of time, a good amount of time, a good amount of time. And then right when, you know, when the defense and, and especially in the bigger games, when you're going against someone like Ohio State, where you kind of have to, you know, essentially do what Navy did, come out in formations that really weren't on film. It's kind of going to be like that. Notre Dame's going to show a lot of their base formation. And then finally, you're going to see fakes off of it, RPOs off of it. And, and those teams that think they're prepared, they're not going to be prepared in the moment. And I think that's when you're going to start to see kind of more of those RPO looks or wrinkles is after Notre Dame has established, okay, this is what our base formation is. We're going to run the ball nine times out of 10, you know, in this set and this kind of action until you finally fake it. And then there's an RPO look there. So I think they'll get to them. It's just, I think they want to be smart about it and show enough on film to kind of start to eventually trick some people down the road. Yeah, exactly. And I think another thing going back to those tight ends, not to get bogged down on it. I I just think that (laughs) Sam Hartman's a flashy offense kind of guy. Um, and he talked about in his post post uh, post game press conference getting his his playmakers the ball in space. I don't think there's anything against the tight ends. I just think there's better playmakers in space outside of the tight ends. You know, you got Chris Tyree. You got these running backs who can catch the ball out of the field. You got you know these these young wide receivers who are very speedy in the open field. I just think that's more attractive to Sam Hartman than just dumping it down to a tight end and who's yeah. ultimately just going to get tackled after a three or four yard gain. If Michael Mayer were still here he'd be a bigger part of the offense because you have a talent. Yeah, he's more dynamic in space. Exactly. It's, and again, it's nothing against these tight ends. They've shown that they can do some stuff too, but they're they're not Michael Mayer. There's just not a need for it right now, but I do think that they will become a vital part of the offense as the season goes. And blocking is still, for a tight end, blocking is still a vital part of the offense as well. I've always said that, People get wrapped up in the tight ends making catches, but blocking is still a big part of being a tight end, and you have to be a good blocker. And they both showed that they could do some stuff in in that capacity out there Saturday. A couple new guards out there, Pat Coogan, Rocco Spindler. They were a pretty big question mark, I think, going into this season. A lot of people wondered exactly what they would look like. Here's Marcus Freeman's evaluation of those two guys. They uh, both had winning performances, um, which was good to see. The physicality, as you just said, was was extremely impressive. There is some execution, some some calls, some techniques that we have to improve at. Um, but they they really performed at a high level, especially being their first game starting a guard. And I think, you know, when you have those two guys outside and Zeke Carell in the middle that have played so much ball, it helps those guys be able to get into the correct calls, right? And, and I know sometimes you can watch it. What kind of calls do you have in the run game? Like there's, there's 
calls where we're doubling back to a certain person. Well, if this guy moves, we're going to double back to this person. And those things we have to make sure we're all on the same page. But when you have those two edge end bookends and that guy in the middle that can help out, um, it helps in that transition. But those guys, they perform really well. I'm proud of the way they practice. They play. Always room for improvement. But I was, again, like, you wouldn't have known Jared Parker was uh, was calling plays for Notre Dame for the first time. You wouldn't have known that Coogan and Spindler were making their first career starts out there the way they played. Yeah, and I think this just goes back to another big takeaway, uh, biggest takeaway I had from this, this game. You know, Notre Dame was just prepared in every aspect of the game. They were prepared. Uh, you know, the quarterback was prepared. Their offensive line was prepared. The wide receivers were prepared prepared the whole defense was prepared and then that trickles down from a head coach that was prepared and executed um a game plan and he was able to orchestrate his coordinators you know being an offensive line being you know one of them uh, on what needed to be accomplished this week and you know i just again i I just think that you know these guys they played very well but they were put in very good situations um by their by their first kind of ranking command their offensive line coordinator um, and then, you know, the second line of command, Jared Parker, and then the, the third line of command, the most important one, Marcus Freeman. So I, I just I, I think this whole coaching staff and everyone that was below it, specifically these young guards who haven't had a lot of time playing, you wouldn't know just because of how well that they were prepared for this moment. And, and again, it's it's I know it's Navy, but like someone just kind of said in the chat, you know, it's Navy. And so you beat Navy how you beat Navy. And then it's oh, it's just Navy. Right. Well, they still executed. They still dominated, and it was still first-time starters. So, yeah. if this game looks like last year, then it's it's Navy. What the bleep are you doing? You're not right. supposed to play like that. It, 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 again, it goes both ways, and there's a reason that nobody else wants to play Navy. There is a reason for that because of 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 the difficulties that they can give you. They exploit on you. Both sides uh, of the teams ball. that aren't yeah. disciplined. Yeah, that's right. It takes. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of discipline. We'll uh, we'll be we'll be talking a little Tony Roberts coming up here in rapid fire as well. Michael uh, agrees with uh, with you. Me and, and Michael don't see eye to eye in a lot of things. Just say guy, even for so a Giants fan, that. like yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.